the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So the Apostle Paul gives us these five imperatives, these five commands. They're to be alert, firm, mature, strong, and loving. These commands, by the way, are the positive side of some of the negative things that he's had to deal with in the chapters uh, preceding. Well, today and tomorrow, we'll wrap up our conclusion of 1 Corinthians Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. And today we'll begin a look at these five imperatives that the Apostle Paul lays out, the contrast between those imperatives and the challenges that the church at Corinth faced. We invite you to spend time with us today as we wrap up our exploration of 1 Corinthians. Won't you join us again? We're here in chapter 16 with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Here's Pastor Layton. Paul was always envisioning ways of reaching out to people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had a plan, but his plan was always subject to revision by the Lord. Now, the book of Acts is the history of the early church. And in Acts chapter 16, 6, we find this story. And they, speaking of Paul, Timothy, and others, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word, that is the gospel, in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go through Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. Paul wanted to share the gospel with everyone, including the people that were east in, in, in Asia. However, for reasons that only God knows, the Holy Spirit forbade him to go east. And he wanted to go through Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus kept him from doing that. You know, rather than focusing eastward into the heart of Asia, the Apostle Paul directed his attentions westward. From the Middle East, Jerusalem, where it began, across the Roman Empire, across Europe. Within about 300 years, about a little after 300 A.D., uh, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. And then uh, as years passed, the gospel was taken uh, again westward across the Atlantic Ocean to America and the Western Hemisphere by the pilgrims and others. And today we are aware that there is a spiritual arising taking place in the Far East, in China. In fact, our missionary over there tell us that there are probably more Christians in communist China than there are in the United States today. And that activity of moving uh, westward around the world continues. Uh, Pastor Jack Hayford shared something with us. He said that a few years ago, it was a cause for great celebration when two or three people in Jerusalem, in Israel, would receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah, as their Savior and Lord. He said that today, people are coming to that knowledge by the hundreds every week. And so we know that 
If, uh, if there is a revival breaking out in the Far East and in the Middle East, that is indicative that Jesus Christ is coming again very soon because it is blossoming again where it once began. God is at work, and he directs his people to go where to go and what to say. And uh, that story in Acts, by the way, continues. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing up, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. He was looking for somewhere to go. God gave him a vision. This person in Macedonia invited him to come. You know, there's two extremes that we need to avoid. One extreme is to do nothing waiting for the leading of the Holy Spirit. People who do this rarely accomplish very much in life. But there's also another extreme that we need to be wary of as well, and that is to so plan our lives and so plan our ministry that there's no space or opportunity for the leading or the redirection of God's Holy Spirit. Paul had a plan but he stayed flexible and attentive to the designs of God. Coming now back to verse 8, In the meantime, I'll be staying here at Ephesus until the uh, festival of Pentecost. There's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. A wide open door and opposition are often experienced together. In fact, when God is at work, so is the enemy. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan said, If you have no opposition in the place you serve, you're serving in the wrong place. I mean, if God is at work, so is the other side. So one of the signs that we have that God is at work is the opposition that, uh, that we're meeting with. Verse 10, When Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. He's doing the Lord's work just as I am. Don't let anyone treat him with contempt. Send him on his way with your blessing when he returns to me. I expect him to come with the other... Believers. Now, Timothy was one of the Apostle Paul's young protégés. He was a fine young man. He was the third generation of believers. The scriptures talk about his mom and his grandma as being great believers. He was called by God, gifted of God to be a leader, but he was still young yet. And it was not uncommon back in those days to uh, despise or to count as less valuable somebody because of their youth. That has occurred then, and it occurs today, and it shouldn't. Uh, Church of the Highlands has some exceptionally gifted and dedicated uh, young men and young women who are called and gifted for ministry, and we as a church family need to support them. We need to encourage them to become all that God has created for them to be, and we never want to be guilty of devaluing them in any fashion. Verse 12. Now about our brother Apollos. You can see how he's jumping from subject to subject here. I urged him to visit you with the other believers, but he was not willing to go right now. He will see you later when he has the opportunity. Now at the beginning of this letter, in the first chapter, the first thing that Paul had to address was divisions in the church. And the divisions in the church were caused by people creating fan clubs around certain personalities. Uh, Paul, Apollos, and Peter. There's no any indication that these guys had any, uh, any support of the fan clubs that had, had grown up around them. In fact, Paul actually reprimanded his own fan club. He said, has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. He was saying, these fan clubs is not a healthy thing in, in the church. Now, Paul was an apostle. 
Apollos was not. And some have suggested that Paul could have commanded Apollos to go to Corinth. But Paul respected the fact that Apollos received his guidance from God. Now, Paul had urged that Apollos go to Corinth, but Apollos was not willing at this time. He was convinced that God had something else or something, someplace else for him to be. And Paul respected Apollos' convictions. It's important for Christian leaders to understand and respect that God's sheep know his voice, that Jesus is the chief shepherd, and we as the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his flock, need to be familiar with and respond obedient to the voice of our shepherd. It's important that no church leader become an habitual intermediary between the sheep and the shepherd. It is important that every believer should develop their own direct connection, their own direct relationship with God so that you can receive God's direction for you. Verse 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. So the Apostle Paul gives us these five imperatives, these five commands. They're to be alert, firm, mature, strong, and loving. These commands, by the way, are the positive side of some of the negative things that he's had to deal with in the chapters uh, preceding. Now, his first instruction is to be on guard. And it's interesting to note that he makes this instruction immediately following his reference to Apollos. Remember that Apollos was one of the characters around which a personality cult was creating problems or divisions in the church. It's very important for our church, any church, to be on guard against division and dissension. Unfortunately, it's all too common in churches. Many people have been hurt by church splits, and the testimony of the Christian church has been injured. And furthermore, there are people who are living under God's judgment because they participated in some way in destructive behavior in the church. God doesn't take a trivial view on such things. Proverbs chapter 6 says, There are six things the Lord hates. Now, hates is a strong word. Seven that are detestable to him. Detestable is a strong word. What are these seven things? Well, the list is provided for us. Haughty eyes or proud eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and the last item, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Such activity is detestable to the Lord. It's something that the Lord hates. It is not a trivial issue. Elsewhere in Proverbs 6, we find a description of the judgment for those who stir up dissension. It says, A scoundrel and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks with his eye, signals with his feet, motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he always stirs up dissension. Therefore, disaster will overtake in an instant. 
he will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Sudden destruction is going to come upon a person who sows dissension. The church needs to be on guard against dissension. Scoundrels, villains. We also need to be on guard against temptation, against Satan and his devices and his co-workers, against false teaching, and against bad influence. We need to be on the alert. The, language, the word there is Gregorio. It can mean to watch, to be awake, to be vigilant, and uh, to be alive, as distinct from being asleep, to be alert. We need to be spiritually alert for such things. Well, that will close up today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse, coming to you from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and at highlands.us. We trust our time as we have explored 1 Corinthians has really encouraged you along the way. If there are any messages that you might have missed, we invite you to visit highlands.us. Replay those you've missed at your convenience or re-air those that have really impacted your life, just as a refresher course, as it were. highlands.us. Well, tomorrow, our final look at 1 Corinthians as we close out the week. We trust you'll join us then for study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.